which is all about uh, what we can term transformative philosophy. This is because I delved into the origin of uh, both Western and Eastern philosophies and revealed both that in the origin of both philosophies, there is a conception of philosophy as a way of life. A philosophy was deeply related or inseparable from the search for happiness. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Shai Tubali. Uh, he's an author. He's a happiness history expert. We're going to talk about Cosmos and Camus, Llewellyn's complete book of meditation. So Shai is a happiness history expert, which is very unusual, but very interesting. So Shai, welcome. And we'll talk about your background and your current work. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me, Richard. I'm delighted to be here. Okay. Well, tell me a bit about your background. How did you become a happiness history expert? Well, I would say that, that, uh, that uh, since 1998, 1998, I'm a, a researcher of, of human consciousness, and I do it uh, both uh, objectively as an academic philosopher and subjectively as a meditation practitioner and student of uh, of Eastern philosophy and practice. And the term happiness history expert derives from uh, my PhD thesis, which is all about uh, what we can term transformative philosophy. This is because uh, I delved into the origin of uh, both Western and Eastern philosophies and revealed both that in the origin of both philosophies, there is a conception of philosophy as a way of life. A philosophy, a philosophy was deeply related or inseparable from uh, the search for happiness. So when we understand philosophy as a search for happiness, we also realize that both ancient Western philosophy and Eastern philosophy, they pretty much told us or revealed similar things about what happiness entails and how we can realize it. Okay, so what are some examples in history of uh, how happiness has been talked about and described? Well, of course, let's say we can return to, first of all, Greek philosophy, where we we think we often think about uh, about uh, Socrates and Plato, for instance, as uh, as uh, logicians, philosophers who who thought rationally. But really, when we begin to fire into what Socrates uh, had to offer and what Plato had to offer, we discover that they were mainly interested in how to liberate the soul from the shackles of the body, of the body, of the physical body, the, the earthly dimension. So what they actually showed us is how we can 
liberate ourselves through the power of our own consciousness, the power of our own mind. In their way, of course, it was self-inquiry, investigation, what they called self-knowledge. And they also told us that happiness is all about returning to our original state. This means that we are essentially already happy, but we, we are not in touch with it. So for that, we only need to, to remove layers of illusion, layers of attachment, and we don't need to invent uh, the state of happiness. We don't need to achieve it. We rather need to return to it. Okay. So what are some ways to do that? What are some suggestions on how to you know, reduce things in your life so you're able to be happy? Well, that depends. If, you, if you're asking Socrates, for instance, one of the, the ways to, to be happy is to begin to, uh, to hold uh, questions and to, and to inquire, to, which means to begin to, to acquire some kind of, uh, of self-knowledge uh, to, to in question our own beliefs, the way our mind has become entangled in its own in its own illusions, there and to return to a state that uh, that Socrates considered uh, the state of not knowing, which means bringing the mind to to a pure state. Now, of course, when Socrates and and Plato talked about this kind of return to our original state, they ne they never discussed meditation. So I think that here the uh, Eastern philosophy and practice uh, they come. To, to help us by offering to us uh, a practical way to return to our original state of happiness. Through meditation or what way? What's the practical way? Well, if, uh, if we're talking about Eastern philosophy and practice, yes, this, this would be uh, meditation and self-inquiry. And of course, meditation is, uh, includes a, a wide range of, uh, of practices, and perhaps we can discuss this. Yeah, well, sure. Let's go into uh, you know how to how to find your happiness, how to meditate, and how to uh, you know uncover it in your life. Yes. Well, um, again, there are many different ways to meditate. If we are returning, for instance, to uh, to the Buddha two thousand five hundred years ago, he started began by recommending one of the most basic ways of what he termed mindfulness, which was mindfulness of breathing. For the Buddha, breathing was the, the most essential a gateway to, to reality. So breathing returns us to a state of, of alignment of body, mind, and breath, which means that, that when we are beginning to unify body, mind, and breath, we begin to, to experience a certain a state of natural joy. So this is, just, this is just one gateway. We have many other gateways, but it's always all about increasing our, the power of our attention, because usually what happens is that our power of attention, our awareness is, is robbed off by certain thoughts, by certain emotions, by certain inner illusions and mental chatter. So when we are beginning to, to separate our awareness, because, you know, right now when, you, when we discuss that there are two elements in us, one is our attention, and then there is the things we, are, uh, we pay attention to. 
we normally we have lost this kind of of distinction so we have become lost in our stream of thought in our stream of emotions in in what is can be termed the thinking machine now in meditation we are beginning to to distinguish our awareness from the things we pay attention to and this is the beginning of freedom because you realize that you don't have to become so automatically identified with a certain element or object of your awareness before we continue i've been personally funding the finding genius podcast for four and a half years now which has led to 2700 plus interviews of clinicians researchers scientists ceos and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from $10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now, back to the show. This sounds a bit general. What's a specific example of how you could use this technique to help you? You know, what's an example from someone that you've worked with or maybe your own life? I'm not sure what you mean. What's an example of in your own life or with maybe a, a customer of yours or you know, someone that you've helped counsel on how to be happier? You know, what, what was a problem that you faced or someone that you know have faced and how did they, uh, you know, calm their mind and get themselves to feel better about it? Do you have any uh, good examples of this? Of course, yes. I can, I can give a powerful example of, of a person who... Who, who was suffering from from uh, from certain what he termed inner voices, and because because uh, uh, when we we think of, of of finding ourselves in a state in which we hear inner voices, we immediately were, uh, think of, of flushing to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Now, what what happened was that that this person was was feeling that there was some kind of of external agent in him telling him that that he is not worth of living uh, is, is 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 not worthy of living that that he should kill himself and so on and so on and that was of course a, a disastrous state and he felt that he was he was going crazy now as soon as as we are beginning to realize through the power of meditation that that these voices uh, and, and this sounds incredibly simple that these voices are not something that we have to uh, to to give power to make them meaningful, because the thing is that between between my attention and my thoughts there is a certain gap. In this gap, there is a there is a choice. The choice whether to become identified with this thought or not. And and by identifying with this thought, I immediately give meaning to it. I make it powerful, and then. At a certain point, it generates momentum and it becomes monstrous. It takes over me. I no longer have the choice. So by allowing, uh, reminding this person to, to return to this, to this gap of choice and to stop giving meaning to understand that, that he is the, the giver of power, he was able to, he became able to to govern, to master, he master his mind, and to return to 
joy and sanity. Eventually, he has embarked on the meditative journey and has developed much further. So what's um, in your book, what, I don't know, what are some other methods for people that, that they can use? Let's say someone's mind is really busy and they can't do meditation. What can they do or how can they start on meditation? Yes, the, the, this is because we have different different needs and different types of brain, different types of, of inclinations. I've actually offered in this book, uh, the complete book of meditation, 35 meditation techniques, uh, each, each uh, guiding us toward a, a, a very different type of, uh, of experience, a very different type of revelation. Uh, through this, this kind of encounter with the range of meditation techniques, we're realizing that, that, that meditation is so much more than just sitting silently and serenely and uh, closing our eyes in a, let's say, half lotus posture or full uh, lotus posture. We can actually meditate by walking. We can meditate by dancing. We can go through a cathartic breathing and we can even pray. So there are so many forms of, of meditation. Uh, uh, if, if you take, for example, the uh, what we call the Osho dynamic meditations. Osho was a, was a 20th century mystic, and he developed a set of, of dynamic meditations because he came to realize that people in the West were just too, too unstable or too unrelaxed to be able to actually close their eyes and, and immediately enter meditation. So... In these dynamic meditations, you you begin to uh, to to dance or to shake your body or to or to even cry or to laugh intensely until you bringing yourself to a state of effortless silence, effortless witnessing, which means that you are separating your awareness from your body and beginning to to be able to watch yourself as if from the outside. You have a certain uh, non-attached perspective on yourself. Um, how long does this normally take for people to do? Is it a very difficult process for people who have busy mind? Hey, that, that's that's a very good question because the the beautiful thing, and this is what what research recent research has shown us that actually even five minutes of meditation on a daily basis uh, could be enough to uh, to increase our uh, emotional uh, emotional uh, ability to cope and and also re significantly re reduce our stress level so we don't really need to to become overly ambitious and to begin to uh, to uh, to try to to push ourselves by by wanting to practice for a long time or practice in a way that the disciplines ourselves and even training ourselves in in some kind of of practices that are not natural for us we can actually begin by by adding these brief interventions in into our daily life just 5 minutes of meditation uh, are enough to begin to change the 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 atmosphere of the day they begin to to permeate the day with silence with relaxation Okay, I understand. So, um, so the environment is critical in order to be able to meditate. 
no one's going to be able to meditate in the busy environment or people that have problems to begin with. What, what can they do to help themselves? When the environment is, is chef- uh, when the environment is either noisy or, you know, or quiet, is it, or is a quiet environment required for most people? Yes, I, I would say that that it is it is good to be able to withdraw from our environment, and uh, sometimes this can happen. For instance, by by waking up very early when the world is still asleep, or by meditating at nighttime when the world has fallen asleep. Then, then you can actually experience yourself. Uh, uh, distant from from the from the the turmoil of the world and to and to feel uh, yourself to to develop some kind of intimacy with yourself to be able to 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 develop this kind of sensitivity that is required for meditation now sometimes it's it's simply enough to to close our room and to and to well use some white noise in order to 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 cover the the environmental noises and to be able to feel that that you are able to uh, to take a vacation from the world because this is for me what meditation is is simply taking a certain vacation from the world but also from yourself because all day long we are we are in a certain role we are someone for somebody and we are unable to to simply be no one and nobody in, in a state of 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 space and and distance from the world so i think that it is possible to and and especially when remember that that even 5 minutes of meditation they are not escape from the world but actually they prepare us for action which means that if you begin to approach your meditation as as something that you are entering in order to be able to to better function in the world that imbues your meditation with with a certain intention this is otherwise we are just wanting uh, some kind of escape some kind of uh, of uh, momentary silence this of course will not help us to transform our uh, relationship with the world what are some of the stumbling blocks you're seeing with people that are trying to yeah what do you do when someone says i'm trying to be happy i just don't know what to do or how to do it i've, I've heard that a lot from people why do why do people say it like that and exclaim, "I'm trying to be happy" in in a, a frustrated and upset tone? Is it is it that hard? Trying to be happy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, that that's that's perfectly understandable. The the thing is that that we're trying to be happy, and but we but we need first of all to to seriously call into question the ways we are trying to be happy, because most of the ways, and this is what uh, what both the ancient Greeks and the and the ancient Indians Indians uh, told us, is that by trying to be happy, trying to be happy by by depending on the world, by trying to 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 uh, be, become successful in the world, or by trying to uh, to to attain some kind of uh, of perfect relationships with uh, with people with loved ones. By being able to to create a, to make life a, an island of stability, safety, and happiness, this this is just not going to happen. And this is what the the first thing that meditation tells us. It, it tells us there is a great difference between our search for happiness in the world, which is futile. We will actually never achieve it. And the more we we pursue it, the the further it 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 will move away from us. 
it will escape us. On the other hand, there is some kind of, of unconditional joy and, and what uh, in the world of meditation is term, termed bliss. Bliss is a very different type of happiness. Bliss is our ability to stop depending on the world for our happiness. And this is, I think, one of the greatest gifts of meditation uh, because you're beginning to develop first, you're developing what we can call unconditional or inner stability. This means that we're not expecting the world to, to create stability for us to, to stop changing or to, to uh, creating for us some kind of, of a foundation for a, for a lasting state of pleasure and comfort. We are beginning to realize that there is something unchanging in us, something that 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 is becomes our axis, that becomes a certain unchanging core. Then we are learning how to develop uh, unconditional joy, and then we are learning how to develop unconditional power. So all these qualities are are necessary, and actually. Again, happiness is letting go of the wish for happiness in the world. This is the, the meditative perspective. Well, very good. Uh, Shai, what's the best place for people to learn more about your work? Uh, should they think of a book or how should they follow you and find out more? Yes, of course, the book is, uh, is the best introduction to meditation, but uh, they can also enter the official website, Shai Tubali, S-H-A-I-T-U, bali.com. This website includes many blog entries. It includes introduction to my work, to, to upcoming events, and also uh, my YouTube channel uh, under my name, which contains numerous guided meditations and uh, videos containing explanations about how to integrate the meditative perspective into our daily life. Mm, okay. Well, very good. Shai, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about, about happiness, which many people don't talk about, don't think about. It's a critical thing. Right. I agree. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.